Coming up. Decide right now that whatever happens to me in my future, I'm going to decide that I'm going to use it to glorify God. That's what I'm going to do. Make that decision now. It, it won't be a wasted pain. It won't be a wasted hurt. It's going to glorify God. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. We've all been in situations where things did not turn out the way we had hoped or expected. Sometimes we lose focus or experience pain and difficulty. Well, take heart. In today's message, Pastor Robert reveals the many ways God is ever-present and always encouraging us. Here's the continuing message, God is the Great Encourager. So look what happened here in John 21, 15 and 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. He was saying, take care of the, the young ones, spiritually young, spiritually new. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He, he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. This was a pastoral charge, pastor my sheep. And then verse 17, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Just generally just feed my sheep. And Jesus was restoring Peter, recommissioning Peter. Remember, we said, you know, in the beginning, he says, come follow me, and I'm going to teach you how to become fishers of men. Jesus was recommissioning Peter. And he did it three times to correct those three denials, those three disownings. That must have been encouraging to Peter. You ever been forgiven? Restored? Okay. Messed up, and somebody said, "You know what? I'm gonna get you. And I'm gonna let you back in. I'm, I'm gonna put you back in position. I'm gonna." That must have been encouraging to Peter. Even when he messed up badly, God will encourage you. So God will encourage you concerning your present, like He did. When they was fishing, he will encourage you concerning your past, even when you mess up badly. And three, write this down. He encourages me concerning the future, even when it may be hurtful. So God had just encouraged Peter about his past, and he says, just go ahead and focus your heart on me moving forward and go and fulfill the calling I've given you. And so now God is encouraging him about his future. 
even though it's going to be hurtful. John 21, 18 and 19 says, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. And Jesus talking to Peter, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you, are old, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you go, where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. See, we don't even have to interpret what Jesus meant by that because the author did it for us. Jesus was telling Peter about the way he was going to die in the future. Well, you might be thinking, well, that's, that's I don't see how that's encouraging. <laughs> you might be thinking, well, that's depressing. Well, let me tell you, and you would be right if Jesus had did that before he resurrected. You see, because Peter couldn't even handle when Jesus told him that he was going to die. He said, oh, no, no, that ain't going to happen. So you know Peter wouldn't be able to handle if Jesus had told him, you're going to die. He wouldn't be able to handle that. But it was the resurrected Jesus telling him that he was going to die a painful death. But it was the Jesus who had died a painful death. <laughs> That was telling him that <laughs> it, it was the resurrected Christ telling him they going to kill you like they killed me. But look at me. <laughs> I'm here talking with you. Look, touch my hand. Feel me. Look, I'm real. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, they going to hurt you, Peter, but they hurt me. They thought I was dead. Look at me, though. <laughs> See, that's why it's encouraging. Because the resurrected Christ who had taken the beating, got whipped with a cat of nine tails, hung on a cross, pierced in the side, was telling Peter, they going to kill you similar to the way they killed me. But look, I'm still alive. <laughs> I'm here, though, Pete. It's going to be all right. That's why I was encouraging <laughs> so Jesus wants to encourage us about our future. See, some of you might be concerned about your future. Some of you might be fearful or need encouragement about old age. You might not be real comfortable about getting old. You, you might need to be encouraged concerning an upcoming surgery or something. You might need encouragement concerning misguided, a misguided life of a loved one who you, you can see that the way they're going is just going to end bad and you don't want that for them. It might be concerning you. It might be, you might be concerned about the death of loved ones or even your own death. 
as in the case of Peter. But Jesus, the great encourager, wants to encourage you about it. Because just like he told Peter, he says, Peter, it says he, he in verse 19, I'm going to read it again. Jesus said, this is to indicate that the kind of death which Peter would glorify God. So this kind of death was going to bring glory to God. So what I want to tell you today is whatever it is you're concerned about in your future, just focus on whatever happens and make sure that you use it to glorify God. That's all you do. That's just that's that's all you do. Don't 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 focus on how hurtful and painful it might feel or be. But just tell yourself, be decide right now that whatever happens to me. In my future, I'm going to decide that I'm going to use it to glorify God. That's what I'm going to do. Make that decision now. And Jesus told Peter, yeah, it's going to be a horrible, painful death. You're going to be a martyr. But you're going to be a martyr for God. It, it won't be oh, it, it won't be a wasted pain. It won't be a wasted hurt. It's going to glorify God. Second Corinthians four seventeen says, "For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all." The glory that it's achieving far outweighs the trouble. The text says it's in, 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 in comparison to eternity and the glory that you, you will see in eternity, it's your pain, whatever it is. And I don't want to belittle what it is. That's not my point. Uh, the, the point here is, is the scripture is calling it light. <laughs> okay. Now, if, if, if you ask me, I probably won't call it light. I'm just telling you what God said is, though, because God is looking with an eternal eye and he says, that's light. That's it's light because it's momentary. How does it compare to eternal glory? It can't compare. It, there's, there's just no comparison. It's like it's like um, comparing pennies with millions of dollars. It, it, there's no comparison. So Jesus tells Peter. Yeah, your future, some trouble coming, but God will be glorified by it, Peter. So turn it over to God, whatever it is, whatever is troubling you, whatever is bothering you, whatever's, just use it to bring God glory. So write this down again. <laughs> We can depend on God's encouragement. We can depend on God's encouragement. Psalm 1017 says, you, Lord, hear the desires of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry. 
I want to emphasize something today I didn't emphasize before. It, the passage says, Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. So sometime you may not even have cried yet. But God is hearing your desire before you even cry for it. That's why God is such a great encourager. Because he gets there before we do. He knows what we need before we know we need it. And I tell you that not to keep you from crying for it. <laughs> Still cry. Y'all saw me. I was crying like a baby a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. But God hears your desire. He hears your desire. Number one, write this down. Um, God encourages us even when we are disobedient. God encourages us even when we are disobedient. As I said, we'll be using Gideon and the Israelites as our example of how God is a great encourager. And so in Judges chapter 6, it reads, um, chapter 6, 1 through 9, it reads, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of the Midians was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts caves and strongholds. I want to pause for a minute so you can kind of get in here a little bit. Okay. Um, and let, let me give a little background before we continue reading. Uh, obviously, this comes out of the book of Judges. And Gideon was the sixth recorded judge of Israelites. And so this time they didn't have a king. This was before they had kings. And God would just have folks judging them, serving as the judge. And, and they were somewhat divided at this time. As, and so the, the text is telling us that they did evil in God's eyes. They, and this brought on oppression of the Midianites on them. And it was so oppressive that they were living they were dwelling in caves and clefts of rocks y'all y'all get this <laughs> and in strongholds they 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 weren't free to say you know i'm gonna put a house right here or a tent right here or build a structure no no i have to go into a cleft of a rock into a mountain into some cave and live that's how oppressive it was. Just, just think about that a little bit. <laughs> All right. 
And, and then verse 3 says, it gets even worse. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other eastern peoples would invade the country. Uh, they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkey. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them on their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Okay, just picture that. They're living in caves and clefts of rocks and stuff. And then when they tried to plant some food, and when it would spring up, the Midianites would come and destroy it. That's how oppressive it was. And not only that, they would come and kill their animals, their livestock, <laughs> take all their stuff and leave them with nothing. Somebody can relate. Somebody can relate. <laughs> uh -huh. Somebody can relate to just everything that you do. And when, when it seems like it's about to be fruitful, somebody come and take it or smash it, mess it up. Y'all seen that? As soon as you think you're getting ahead, somebody come in and break in your house. Take your stuff. Just, just when things seem to, the, it, it, the sun seems to start to shine in your life, then somebody comes. And bust out your car window. And take your laptop. Just when it got. As soon as they plant their crops. and nice and come and just take everything. Destroy it. That's how oppressive it was. And then it, it reads on verse 6. It said, the Midians so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. It got pretty bad. Verse 7, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord, because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I'm going to pause for a minute right there. They cried out, and God sent them a spokesperson to speak for him. They cried out. And, and he speaks for God, and he says, this is what the Lord, God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt. Out of the land of slavery, I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all the oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. Look what God said. God, they cried to God in their, in their oppressed state. And God, the first thing God does when he sends the man of God to speak to them is not respond to their cry or the specifics of their cry. But God sends his man to tell them what he had done for them. <laughs> look, look how many times God says, he says, he says uh, uh, in verse 8, I brought you up. And then verse 9, I rescued you. And on and on, I delivered you. 
and on. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. God talks about what he had done for them. The great encourager says, remember in your oppressed state when you cried out, he says, remember what I've done for you. Remember what I've done. How I delivered you. Where I brought you to. What I gave you. And this oppression that they were experiencing was self-inflicted. Was self-inflicted. Because they had turned their back on God. They had did evil in the eyes of God and started worshiping other gods. And God says, he still responds, though, to encourage them, to cause them to remember what he had done for them. The great encourager. He reminds them of the depth, the breadth of his power. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes, and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at QuenchLifeCF to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. We should really, really be concerned when we stop sensing the presence of God. That's what David was crying about. When he saw, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He was saying, Lord, I don't feel you no more. And never should we want to be in that place. Thank you for listening.